football frenzy. Presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. The football frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. Still trying to hunt down uh, more of the facts in the Nate Hobbs situation. Yep, if you're just tuning in to local radio, we were all about Raiders, Raiders, Raiders. Great job. Brilliant job, especially on defense of slowing down Johnny Taylor. Excellent fourth quarter work. And instead, some of those headlines are being stolen by Nate Hobbs and what appears to be an arrest for DUI at the Cromwell. Uh, we'll get Rich Basaccia's comments here at the beginning of his press conference in just a second. But, Willie, you said you had the uh, Metro statement? Yeah, Metro um, just basically put out, due to multiple requests, the following information is being sent out to all media outlets. On January 3rd, 2022, at approximately 4.09 a.m., LVMPD dispatch received a call reference, a driver asleep inside of a vehicle which was parked on the exit ramp of a parking garage located in the 3500 block of South Las Vegas Boulevard. Arriving officers made contact with the driver, identified as 22-year-old Nathan Hobbs. He was given FST's field sobriety test by patrol and failed. He was transported to the Clark County Detention Center where he was booked for DUI misdemeanor. For the arrest report or booking photo, please go to the link or the following link, blah, 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 blah. So... Um, 3,500 block, basically earlier, if, if you were listening, I had mentioned that, um, the 35, if you punch in 3,500 South Las Vegas, it takes you to the fashion show. Cromwell is 3,595. So because it's from Spring Mountain to Flamingo within that one block, that's your, going to be your hundred range. So right there, the Cromwell. So that's where the 3,500 block, but 3,595 is Cromwell. Rich Basaccia, the Raiders interim coach on the Hobbs arrest. I'll start with some uh, news I've just been made aware of um, really in the last basically 30 minutes. Certainly aware of the, um, that Nate Hobbs is involved in an incident. Um, and uh, we're just trying to collect as much information as we possibly can on what exactly happened and what the situation is and um, where he's at with that. Um, uh, that being said, that's all have really on that at this particular time because that's all I know. There you go. Lots of size at the beginning. And I don't blame him. Yeah, it's not uh it's not something, you know, with what this team has accomplished the last few weeks, two road wins during a three game win streak when they were up against it and basically are have been in must win mode. Um it's not it's it's certainly not something you want to walk into your press conference with you know there were grumblings out there for about a, an hour before TMZ hit the wire um several of us have gotten calls it just it was a matter of finding it and getting cuz you never want to report you never want to tweet you never want to do something erroneously or just to be the first to get a click um and it was just and TMZ had it and then it just sort of dominoed from that point right after TMZ reported it then Basachi came on and confirmed it. And then all of a sudden, you know, um, I had already been on the phone with AP alerting them about 10 minutes prior to. So there was there were just a number of different things. And, and, it, and it just it it took me back to that Tuesday morning with with Henry Ruggs, RIP Tina Tentor. You know what I mean? So it just kind of was like uh, so surreal to have to go through this all over again. And thank God that he was not driving. Um, it sounds like he started to and just kind of 
decided not to or fell asleep. I'm not sure. I can't imagine he fell asleep while he was driving down the upper room. Otherwise, he would have just kept going. He would have banged into the to the to the sidewall or something. But um, the fact of the matter is where he was located in that parking garage, if it sounds like the way it was, he he attempted to and couldn't. And, you know, um, so the, to the people coming to his defense in that, well, he was parked. If he would have gotten his car from wherever he was at, if he was at a nightclub, if he was at the hotel, if he was whatever he was doing, um, and he got in his car and just sat there to fall asleep, and he was still in the parking spots, then then I could understand uh, David Chesnoff's statement in terms of, well, does this fall under DUI? He wasn't. No, he wasn't driving, but that car had to get there somehow. <laughs> Well, what a performance by the offense of the Seahawks yesterday against the Lions. Lions stink. Distressing part for the Seahawks fans, I would say, is that their defense gave up 29. But Russell Wilson in what could be his final go-around at home with Pete Carroll, 51 points, four touchdowns. What was he, 20 of 29? Metcalf got involved at a, on a big level. But this could be it. This could be it. And, uh, by the way, we're going to talk a little Steelers football to get you ready for Steelers and Browns. And Monday Night Football, maybe a little bit of A.B. with one of the uh, ESPN reporters who covers the Steelers because this is Big Ben's 100%. This is his final home game. He's announced that. So what are you thinking, Willie, with Russell Wilson? I think he's gone. Um, we, you, you know, you and I discussed this, that uh, Pete Carroll came out and said to him and Jody Allen, they're on the same page. This is not a rebuilding thing. But Russell Wilson has been clear in, in so many different ways so many different manners. I mean, prior to this season, this particular season, there was, there, I mean, there was, there was, he was one of the rumored quarterbacks that was coming to the Raiders to supplant Derek Carr for this season. So um, it's nothing against the Raiders. It's more so the talk of, of him leaving Seattle has been on the table for quite some time. And um, after a disappointing season that, that Seattle has had, I think that they're saying the same thing. And for different reasons, obviously tonight with big Ben, that it's his, Final home game that last, you know, or yesterday final home game. You know, five and ten, coming off a disappointing loss to the Chicago Bears, in which they sort of were lead. Bears come back. They wanted to, you know, he wanted to put on one last show. Did it against the Lions team, and as you mentioned, I mean, almost a 500 yard uh, offense, almost put up 500 yards. So I, you know, I, I definitely think that he's going somewhere. May, where is the question? Where does he land? Um, I think Russell Wilson, he's not at the end of his career, but I do think that he is at a point where he's got to step into a winning situation. He's got like Matthew Stafford stepped into a winning situation with the Los Angeles Rams in terms of an immediate contender. I think Bingo. Russell Wilson, Bingo. he's got to go to a winning team. Bingo. And there are teams that are on the cusp of winning. And then there are the New York Giants, and we'll follow up on this. The Giants – media and the Giants fans, you need to look around and see what you're dealing with. That organization sucks. I don't know if they're going to have a coach in place. I don't know if Judge is going to make it or not. The GM is out. Oh, that sounds real attractive to me if I'm Russell Wilson and his wife, Ciara. Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher, and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600. For what Tom Brady has done for Antonio Brown, for him to pull what he pulled today is completely 
inexcusable. Playoffs are coming up, and you pull this crap on a guy who really went out on a limb for you. Totally BS. Inexcusable. Now, back to Cofield and Company. Damn. OJ, hometown hero, beacon of responsibility. Even he is getting on in, Tony O'Brown. We'll, uh, we'll get to A.B. here in a couple minutes, but uh, let's get ready for Monday Night Football. This is quite the setup as the Steelers are still alive. Uh, Browns, and this is a great rivalry. Steelers are also looking at Big Ben playing his last home game. Brooke Pryor's with us, ESPN.com, on this Monday. Brooke, how you doing? I'm cold, but other than that, excited because it's great football that hopefully we're about to watch. Oh, no. Are you doing the spot outside right now? Uh, I'm in a tunnel, so but I have oh, been geez. out on the field just, you know, to get to set the scene, see what's going on, all that stuff. It is, I think it says it's 29, but it feels like 17. Oh, my God. Well, we appreciate your dedication to uh, a quiet <laughs> backdrop. Um, all right, so set this up. I would I would assume tonight that – Heinz Field is going to be a friggin' madhouse with the announcement that this is it for Big Ben at home. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I, I parked probably around 5 o'clock or so um, and started to walk in, and it wasn't quite as crowded as I've seen it, you know, before like a 1 o'clock kick. But that's where I think people are getting off work and coming in. But I did, there were a lot of traffic on the way here. There were a ton of people walking around, tailgates starting to get set up. Um, it's not quite a playoff atmosphere, but it's pretty close to it for a game that, you know, yeah, the Steelers win. They stay mathematically alive, but there has to be, uh, they have to hope that the, what, the Chargers and the Raiders don't tie and that the Jags beat the Colts. So a lot of things would have to happen for them to win. The Browns are already eliminated, but none of that matters because it's been Roethlisberger's last home game, and that is enough to get people pretty excited and really showing up and you know a stadium where the weather is not going to be great but it's, it's worth it to them but prior covers the Steelers um tell me if I'm overstating this that this could be one of the better coaching jobs Tomlin has done to actually have them still with a chance to make the playoffs or am I overdoing it no I, I think it is I think that the 2019 job was much more impressive when he got them to eight and eight despite not having been Roethlisberger. I think this year there have been some more frustrations coaching-wise as far as the offensive play calling goes and the defensive play calling. Ultimately, some of those responsibilities fall on the offensive and defensive coordinators, but some of that is also on Mike Tomlin for some of those frustrating, I think, fourth down calls, all that stuff. But like you said, the fact that they are where they are and they have some serious holes on the offensive line, the run defense has been just atrocious. The fact that they're seven seven and one at this point is impressive. So I don't know that it's the best, but I would say maybe maybe top five, top seven or so. It's 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 notable that he has at least kept them, like I said, mathematically alive in the chance to, to make it to the playoffs. Or prior on the horn with us as we get ready for the Steelers and the Browns. Let me throw this at you. So do you do you have a decent idea? Do you think the Steelers have a decent idea what is going to happen at quarterback post, Ben? Uh, that's, that is a tough call because I think that they still believe in Mason Rudolph somewhat. Um, I think that they want to give him a chance to compete for the starting quarterback job. Now, beyond that, I do think that they still have to add to that room. It's not going to be Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins. 
going into 2022. Um, I think that it's more likely to be Mason Rudolph, maybe a first-round quarterback. They're not going to trade for an Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson, although we'll speculate about it for months. Uh, I still don't see that happening because they have too many other holes to fill that giving up that draft capital would A, not be smart, and B, if you're Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, you're not coming to Pittsburgh to play behind the O-line as it is right now. Um, So I think that they have some idea that, yes, Mason Rudolph is under contract for next season, but I don't think that he is the answer. I think he is an option, but, I mean, the Steelers kind of procrastinated here on coming up with a quarterback succession plan after Ben. It was no secret that Penn is 39, getting older, and they didn't come up with a really strong plan after him, and now they're going to kind of be in crunch time going into this offseason. What do you think about the uh, Browns' chances in this game? You know, I I think that if they were still alive for the playoffs, that this would be a lot tighter. I'm not going to discount, though, the motivation to end Ben Roethlisberger's career uh, with a loss. I'm sure yeah. the Browns are plenty motivated by that, but I think that Ben and the Steelers and the home atmosphere. The Steelers also haven't lost at all since, I believe, September. They're really good at high skills. Yes, there was a tie with the Lions, but still not a loss. Um, I just think that all of those X factors are going to break the Steelers' way, and it's going to be a close game, maybe like 23-17 Steelers, but I do think that they end up winning tonight. Talking to Brooke Pryor, ESPN reporter. She is live from Heinz Field for tonight's big game. AFC North game, Browns and Steelers. Could be Big Ben's last game. Brooke, I have to ask you um, about Mike Tomlin. Now, this has been – he has been one of my – you know, taking my journalism hat off my uh, as an AP reporter. One of my, if not my favorite, since he got into the – since he took over, uh, favorite coaches to to watch, to to cover, to, you know, just to, to, to see. And earlier this year when he was asked about a coaching position at USC – he squashed it immediately. This is an organization that has been so loyal to three coaches during my lifetime, Chuck Knoll, Bill Cowher, Mike Tomlin. That's what it's known for is stand by your coaches, and, and he's been in place. My question is, with the end of an era with Big Ben, with, with where the team is, is there anything or any team or any city um, I know, you know, right here in Las Vegas, There's regardless of how this team is finishing out the season – they have to make a decision with Rich Passaccia. And one of the names that, that keep popping up that, that that at least Mark Davis should make a run at is is Mike Tomlin. Is Mike Tomlin, in your eyes, firmly there until the end of his career, as we've seen other coaches, the two other of this organization, um, like I said, you know, over the last how many decades? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it would take extraordinary circumstances for him to go somewhere else. That. I'm not saying never, but I think right now, if there's all this turnover in Pittsburgh, it's not a situation. The Steelers are not a franchise, an organization that cleans house, that wants to start with a completely blank page. And I think that, yes, Ben's going to move on. There's a chance that GM Kevin Colbert could also do the same. He's been working on a year-to-year deal a lot recently, but I, I just don't see them... A, wanting to move on from Mike Tomlin, and B, Mike Tomlin wanting to move on from the Steelers because where else is there this kind of job security and tenure? You know, I feel like so many other head coaches, with the exception of only a few, like like a Bill Belichick, don't have this kind of job security. Um, he is a really good head coach. His his motivational messages are, I think, what sets him apart. 
but I also think he has a great relationship with the organization and with the Roonies, and there's no way I think that at this point he goes somewhere else. Now, maybe down the line, because he's still, he was a young head coach when he took over. He's still young, um, so it's, I wouldn't completely rule it out, but I think right now he's pretty firmly entrenched in Pittsburgh. If uh, Colbert were to go bye-bye the GM, I assume Tomlin would have massive power in you know, making a decision on the next person. So, as you know, because he would become the longest tenured person around, at least as far as the decision makers go. Um, obviously, Art Rooney II would still be here. So, but I think that that decision would come between Tomlin and Art Rooney II, and Tomlin would be heavily consulted in that. I don't think that they make that hire independent of the head coach, knowing that he'll be here for still quite a while. So, it sounds like uh, if they don't think they have the draft capital to make a a run at one of the big boys that they would go with a bridge quarterback. Am I crazy for thinking if he were made available that the Steelers would have some interest in Baker Mayfield being a bridge? Man, that would be an interesting uh, selection to go with Baker. I'm not saying no, um, because he does give them something that they don't have in the quarterback room right now. And that's the mobility aspect of it, that he can, I think, run better than Dwayne Haskins and Mason Rudolph. He's still young. Um, but he needs a better offensive line because he's a quarterback that takes a lot of hits. So he would need, they need to fortify that position. But I mean, I, I'm not ruling it out because I think that just about every quarterback option is at least on the table. Some will be more quickly removed than others, like an Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. But the Steelers do have a lot of, uh, a lot of cap room this year, something that they didn't have with Ben Roethlisberger. So it's, it's possible, but I, I'm I'm a firm maybe slanting more to the no on that one. Brooke, I know you're a little bit newer to the Steelers beat, but there must still be some talk around the organization over the last year or so about what Antonio Brown has kind of turned into for these other teams in the NFL. What what do Steelers folks say about, you know, his time, how they kept it together, and what's happened to A.B.? You know, the sense that I get is that he wasn't always the A.B. that we've seen in the last couple years, especially in the last couple days. Um, that this is something that was a process to an extent. He's always been kind of an, an out-there guy, but this is a different level. It, it really kind of went downhill his last few years in Pittsburgh, um, especially when you look at the way that things ended in Pittsburgh. But I don't think that it was to this degree from the very beginning. Um, and something happened, a switch flipped, and now you see what happens on Sunday in, in New York. Um, I think that this is a guy that, clearly needs help, um, but at the same time, the people, the, the, wake, the, the wake of destruction that he's left, those people also need help. It's, it's honestly a really sad situation all the way around um, that someone has kind of been allowed to run unchecked or been given limitless second chances and doesn't, doesn't do much with the second chances except more damage, and it, it now has culminated into this. Well, especially now with the new, it gets a little more confusing with the news that uh, some people are saying AB still didn't feel comfortable with his ankle. He was told to go in the game, and then, um, you know, the, the Buccaneers coach has actually told him, basically, get the hell out of here, and he, he did. So, I mean, I don't know what to believe anymore. Um, and th- this is one of the great questions in all of football at every level. You know, are you injured or are you hurt? Can you play or can you not play? And with AB, I mean, it, he's so hard to trust. Like, I, I, maybe his ankle is still dinged up. Maybe he shouldn't be in the game. I don't know. Right. No, I, I think that that is who who does know. The only person who actually knows is Antonio Brown. But like you said, it's tough to trust him. And 
he hasn't given you a lot of reason to trust him in the last, especially, I think, five, four or five years. So I think that he, he no longer deserves the benefit of the doubt in that situation. Brooke, enjoy the game. Uh, sorry to make you wait out in the cold there for so long. So get warm, and thank you so much for the spot, especially on late notice. No problem. Thanks, guys, for having me on. Yeah, she's great. Brooke Pryor covers the Steelers, ESPN.com. Uh, we'll come back. want to address uh, some of that injury stuff with Antonio Brown and, and play what uh, Ian Rappaport was saying today. Maybe it sheds a little more light on this, that it's not, you know, all A.B. is crazy and, you know, went freaking nutso. Uh, maybe he had a reason for flipping out. Maybe he was told to leave the field. The crew over at Finley Toyota speak Spanish, Thai, and even Persian. In fact, they speak 14 different languages. Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Willie, where do you stand on this? As we uh, get some more facts in on the Antonio Brown situation yesterday, of course, was a uh, Raider for a little bit, but just could not keep it together. Was a Patriot for a little bit, couldn't keep it together there, and it finally ran out here uh, in front of everybody during a game on the sideline. Are you mad at Antonio Brown or sad for Antonio Brown? Well, I'm not mad at him. I mean, it's it's disappointing in his actions, but I am not necessarily shocked either. Um, what I'm wondering is sort of what Brooke touched on was is if he's been, you know, who who keeps clearing him or is he even cleared? Has he does, has he been given the right like the, does he need to be sat down and sort of examined psychologically and just to make sure that, you know, does he need to be on some sort of medication? Um, the, the reactions, the emotions, you know, um, as a mental health advocate, I somewhat feel for him and whatever it is that he's going through. We don't know what anyone else is going through on any given day. Um, and I preach that endlessly, but you know, um, are his actions forgivable? Are they, you know, are they things that you can just say, well, and just completely put off on mental health? I don't think so. Because he has been given numerous chances. You have to at some point learn to, you know, control your your, your mental health, which is triggered by your cerebral health. And um, But it, it goes further and it goes higher up than that. And, you know, and I, I will liken it a bit to Robin Leonard. Um, his mental health issues and, and where they started with Buffalo and his in his, his – uh, he was diagnosed with bipolar, his, his uh, alcohol abuse, and he talked about it tremendously at the NHL Awards in receiving an award and talking about the, the, how the Islanders really embraced him and helped him grab hold of it. And he, and he talked about it when the Golden Knights just recently returned to Long Island and how emotional it was because what that organization did to sort of get help him face face it and, and talk about it and go to therapy um has anybody actually done that with antonio brown or or brown or are they just empathizing with him sitting him down talking to him and and hearing him go no i'm fine i'm okay but after you do something like he did yesterday and the bucks release him or they haven't released him whatever the case is when he goes to the next team and sits him down they're going to sit him down they're going to interview him right what do we hear from deshaun jackson they and he's not on that same level in terms of 
outbursts, but he's had some issues in the past. They sat him down. They talked to him. Now, with Antonio Brown, you're going to sit him down. You're going to talk to him, and Antonio Brown's going to say, no, this is where I want a place to be, or this is where I want to be. My, my mental health is fine because I just need a place that I can feel this, 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 this. Have you been actually in, sort of gone through therapy? Have you been chemically tested for possibly bipolar? But whatever it may be, I don't know if the higher-ups at the right organization have done that yet. And I think the next organization that considers taking him on might need to do that. Here's Ian Rappaport, NFL Network giving his take on what he's heard about the Antonio Brown outburst yesterday. Midway through the game yesterday, Bruce Aarons and the offensive staff told Antonio Brown to go into the game. They believed that he was healthy. Antonio Brown did not believe that he was healthy. He had been battling an ankle injury for the last several weeks, did not practice Thursday, did not practice Friday, and I know personally had some doubts whether or not he would be able to be out there and play. What he told the staff, from what I understand, is that he was not going into the game because in his mind, he did not feel he was healthy. Ooh, okay. It's, it's a little more complicated. So he does not feel he's healthy. Now, with somebody with mental health issues and you have an injury and you're nursing them and in your mind, you're not what what I'm not saying he's going to do this. But what is it po- potentially turning to? OK, so now we're going to what we're going to turn to pain pills. We're going to turn to medication to to medicate. Um. You know, uh, what state is he in? Is 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 uh, marijuana legal? What 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 are you what chemical are you turning to to relieve that pain? And then where does that lead? Can it lead to addiction? All these questions need to be answered. And where are the Buccaneers on this? If he doesn't feel that he's that he can go in and. Bruce Arians is saying, no, go in because you've been cleared. But who knows if he's in pain or not? There is so much that goes into this. I'm not siding with either one because the outburst, walking off field, throwing off your uniform, walking off when you're, you know, you have a teammate that's telling you keep your, keep keep everything on, stay cool, trying to be there. Whatever triggered him to walk off, and Bruce Arians, by the way, his, his answer was something to the effect of, "You'll have to ask him, brother." No, he walked off because of a conversation apparently, reportedly, he had with you. So you need to address it also and and tell us verbatim what your conversation was. But, again, you're a professional athlete. In the middle of a game, you cut across the end zone and you just leave throwing your stuff in the – that is unacceptable as well. So how far mentally unbalanced is he and where was this team to help him to get to the root of these? What I'm more concerned about is if he really is hampered by this injury, where does it turn to and where what what sort of medication is he going to turn to and where could that lead to? The response then from the offensive coaches and from Bruce Arians was, if you are not going to go into the game, when we tell you to go into the game, then you cannot be here. At that point, they threw him off the sidelines and then cut him from the team. So Antonio Brown which Bruce Arians announced at the post-game press conference, he is no longer part of the team. They essentially told him on the sideline, send him packing, leading Antonio Brown with a million dollars incentive right within his reach. He was going to get it. Uh, He left all of that, left the field, and now is no longer a member of the Buccaneers. All right. Adam Schefter has followed that up this afternoon. Bucks did not officially release AB on today's wire. There are ongoing discussions with the NFL about how to move ahead with the situation. So, 
it's, it's pretty it's, damn complicated, and the injury part of it really muddles the whole deal, as Willie said. So, I, I don't. Me, I I really don't. I'm not going to sit here and say you know, typical AB. He's got mental health issues. He's just selfish. He's crazy, and any of that because I have the injury thing screws it all up. It I does, have, and, and no I will idea. tell you this. I will tell you this. Let's say that everything up until him walking off the field is 100% accurate. Okay, Bruce Arians tells him to go in. He tells him that he can't, he doesn't he doesn't feel right, right? He can't go in. He doesn't feel up to go whatever his ankle. If you don't go in, leave this field. Okay. That right there, if that is true, and Bruce Arians says, "Yeah, we told him told him to go in." He didn't. So he said, "Okay, get off the sidelines." He told him to leave. So now, now I have to retract and say, "Well." He told him to leave. Now, how he left, right. throwing your, your – now, you could have just walked off. But you know what? Bruce Arians initiated that, and it's a distraction. A distraction from that team that had to rally to win, and it's just not a good look. It's not a good look for any part of that coaching staff. What if – and we don't know the extent of the injury. We don't know the extent of the conversation. But what if Tom Brady got his bell rung? And Bruce and and the doctors put the flashlight and did the did the line across the eyes test and Don Brady goes, uh, I'm not going back in, I'm not going back in. Bruce Harris is going to tell him to leave, tell him to get off the sidelines. If 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 he if he visibly and he's been nursing a, a head injury or whatever the case is and he says I, I can't do it, but he's been cleared, and there was never anything to, to indicate that from the medical staff. What's Bruce Arians going to do? Just saying. Is A.B. going to play in the NFL again? I think A.B. can play in the NFL again, but I think it has to be. It's it's going to take more than a sit-down with a coaching staff and somebody who can handle him. Um, I mean, he played for Mike Tomlin. I mean, if you can't play, you know, that's, I mean, right there. I mean, but you, he, I think that he needs to go through a, a psychological evaluation, and I don't think it's because he is – uh, you know, I don't think that he. It's because he's psychologically messed up. I think that it's because of his mental health issues. He needs to speak to a counselor. He needs to speak to someone to possibly get some blood lab work done to just just to just to check to see if there's something else going on chemically with his brain. You know, what I mean, just just cerebral health. It's so important these days. It could be something he has no control of. And I think that before any team signs him on, that that's a necessary move. Steelers Browns coming up here at five o'clock. Uh, Brooke Pryor was just on Steelers Insider, and you know she was talking about the the obvious situation here that, uh, and Big Ben already said final home game he's done after this year. And I like that she said right at the beginning of the conversation that the Steelers procrastinated on this. They dragged their feet on this, and they don't really have. I mean, listen, I'm sure they have a plan, but the plan should have been someone in waiting, ready to go. She stated that they would not be in the running for Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, or Deshaun Watson. Do you believe that? I'll ask again. Do you believe that, Willie Ramirez? I think that, my bad, I think that that, I think it's a potential landing spot for Russell Wilson. I don't know about Aaron Rodgers, but, um... I don't think that I, I I don't I think I think that they understand what they need to do and I think I think I I know what Brooke is saying. She said it is not a landing spot, 
but the way the offensive line, I think that they know that the, the issues they need to address during the offseason, and it's going to be a rebuild to get things right. I mean, we've seen Ben Roethlisberger year after year get hammered. I mean, we've seen that dude play injured, right, in, in so many ways. So many – I mean, this this dude has, 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 has gone out there severely beaten in games and continue to play. So they're going to have to beef up and strengthen and fix that offensive line. And I think if they do that, they could land a top, top-notch quarterback, free agent that's looking to leave, such as Russell Wilson, maybe Aaron Rodgers, but mainly – or Deshaun Watson – Mainly, though, because of Mike Tomlin. I think that he's he's the key. I think if, you know, I think a lot of quarterbacks understand Mike Tomlin and would like to play for an old school mentality, a guy who's supported by the owner. As I mentioned before, and I mentioned many times, this organization, this historic organization, the structure from top to bottom is, is the stronghold. In, in how they believe in their coaching staff. There's there's not a lot of, you know, there's not a lot of disarray, and, and that's why they've been able to hold – they've had three coaches. Think about your favorite team, my favorite team, how many coaches they've had <laughs> since you become a football fan as a little kid when Chuck Knoll was the coach. The Steelers have had three. Right. That's a good sign, that structure. You know, so I think that they certainly could name a quarterback, but I also believe with Brooks saying that they have to build that offensive line. So we mentioned Russell Wilson a couple minutes ago because uh, yesterday might be the swan song at home for Wilson yeah. and Carroll together. And, you know, there's all the rumors about the landing spots like the Broncos, like the Steelers, and like the Giants. I'm starting to believe the Giants may be a bottom five destination for anyone in the National Football League. Did you see Joe Judge going on some inane 11-minute rant where he basically, I think the – the, the thing that came out of it that was most alarming is his finger pointing, basically saying that past players like him, but they couldn't deal with not getting paid by the Giants. And so now we're blaming the GM. And this thing is coming unraveled so quickly. Um, and frankly, if they want a shot at a guy like Russell Wilson, I mean, I'm not rooting for anyone to lose their job, Willie, but Joe Judge can't be the guy there, right? No, I don't think that Joe – I mean – it, it's kind of weird that we we touch on this every week, and it's and it and in one week it's, you know, it's well he's on his way out, and then all of a sudden, well, it sounds like he's sticking around. I I, I can't see how they're going to keep this guy, and and I don't know why any you know on the opposite end of wanting to play for a guy like Tomlin, why you'd want to play for a guy like Joe Judge. You know, he he's got this narcissistic sort of approach. He's got this high and mighty who 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 the, who he thinks he is, and. I don't think that he's earned the right to sort of pound his chest and point the fingers at others yet. You know what I mean? There are there are coaches out there that certainly have the right to do that and don't do that and bring and put it upon themselves and point the finger at themselves and say we have to do a better job as coach as a coaching staff. Rich Basaccia yeah, is a better interim head coach. Absolutely. Joe Judge is absolutely being suckered by the New York sports media yeah. into these dumb rants. And I'm sure yeah. as they sit there, they're like, this is amazing. Can you believe this guy? He's going to do it again, like over and over and over again. It is just ridiculous. All right, let's hook you up with a giveaway. Two tickets for the Golden Knights against Toronto at T-Mobile. That's on the 11th, 7 o'clock start. 
It's a Tuesday game, 364-1100, caller 11, 364-1100. You can get your own tickets at axs.com if you don't win these. And you can also go to lvsportsnetwork.com, use the promo code RADIO. We've got the flight deck deal. That's 160 a ticket, all you can eat and all you can drink. So take advantage of the special up at lvsportsnetwork.com, promo code RADIO. But right now, two free tickets, Golden Knights and Toronto at the Fortress, Tuesday, 7 o'clock, 364-1100. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield and Co. All aboard! <laughs> Antonio Brown boiled over, very upset on the sideline, took off his shoulder pads. Mike Evans, OJ Howard trying to convince him to keep them on. Obviously, they were unable to do so. He tossed his shoulder pads, stripped off his shirt and glove, threw those into the crowd, then ran across the field while the teams were still on the field, giving the crowd a peace out sign. I'll let you know when we hear something official on his status. Best sound crew putting together a rejoiner there with Jen Hale from Fox. I'm not sure that with AB we should be playing Crazy Train. I want to dial that down a little bit, but, uh, you know, they get out of control. Cofield and Company here on a Monday. Raiders win. Raiders have a chance to go for all the maples on Sunday in the uh, snuff game against the Chargers. We'll get to that. We'll revisit what the Raiders did yesterday. Great victory at the Colts. Uh, Willie, I know you were all over the uh, VGK scene and weird back and forth, up and down game against the peg as the Knights got out to a quick start then fell behind big time and then came back. But in the end, wound up falling in overtime. Yeah, it was a <clears throat> quite a eventful game. Um, the the Golden Knights opened up a 2-0 lead in the first period um, and during that period, the, the welcome video, we, we, we sort of were throwing uh, straws in as to which, what kind of welcome video they were going to get. And it was a combo video for Nate Schmidt and Paul Stastny. My, 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 my thought was there would each get their own, but I was wrong, um, which is always, you know, seems to be the case. But um, then Winnipeg comes out in the second, second period, and this is a team that had t- had like an 11-day layoff. You know, between games with the pause and the holiday break, uh, the Canadian pause. So this was their first game in a while. And they came out in the second period and just didn't look like a team that had been off and, and was was rusty. They just looked like they sort of tweaked things and fixed things and came out firing and in a matter of 20 seconds. They tie the game. And, uh, and then in the third period, they scored two. So they scored four unanswered goals to take a 4-2 lead. And at that point, I had packed up. My usual move is to go downstairs late in the third to file quickly and then <laughs> get over. into a Zoom. I'm always doing that. Um, and I always joke with whoever's sitting next to me. and say, well, there's going to be a goal scored in the next five minutes because I'm packing up. I'm going to get in the elevator. I'll have to change something. <laughs> I had my lead written. I had, My first lead was Paul Stastny with the winning goal. And then I switched that out. And then all of a sudden, 8.1 seconds left. And yeah, Mark scores his second goal with, uh, you know, just a few seconds remaining in the empty net and the extra attacker. And then they go to overtime. And Kyle Connor, who incidentally, his last two goals that he has scored in Las Vegas have been game winners in overtime. So Winnipeg returns from a hiatus with a win in Vegas to sort of cool down the nights a little bit. Um and I wouldn't really put it off on anybody more than I think Winnipeg just sort of catching the Golden Knights at the right time in, in, in different scenarios because they both were making things a little bit difficult in the neutral zone. But um, and Kyle Connor even said it, he said, you know, 
he was shocked when he, he grabbed the puck in, in overtime and um, raced into the zone against three defenders and gave him space. He had so much space between them. Nobody really charged toward him. And he said, I wasn't going to pass up a shot like that. So I, th- I kind of give Winnipeg the win. I don't necessarily look at it like Vegas falling behind, you know, uh, handing it over to them. And uh, Vegas is back, though. They got a, they got they got a lot of home games coming up, and it's revenge week. Predators tomorrow, Rangers Thursday, and the big one Saturday, the Blackhawks. And Leonard unlikely for Tuesday, although he did practice today. Mark Stone was skating around with a non-contact jersey on, so maybe both guys are good to go for Thursday and Saturday. Maybe, especially Leonard. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, they they've been they've been in the press box. The last uh, few home games, um, it's it, it's so weird with 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 the NHL. You never know. You always see the different reports. You hear DeBoer week to week, day to day, month to month. It was funny because he said, "Well, right now, Pacioretty is uh, week to week for at least another month." And 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 Tyler even tweeted, he "Goes, wouldn't that make him uh, month to month? Because if he's out for a month, which kind of makes sense, but um." I actually rode down the elevator not yesterday, but the previous home game on on uh, was it New Year's Eve with uh, Mark Stone. We happened to be going downstairs, as I said. I, I go late in the third. He was going down, and um, we talked. He was walking fine. He looked fine. He was, you know, we actually were we actually were talking about uh, the social scene, and uh, we brought up the old uh, the Piero's Italian restaurant. So we were talking, but he seemed in good spirits. He seemed fine. I was asking him, I said, "How you doing?" He goes, "Oh man, I'm coming along. You know, it's one of those things." So. I, I, I think that they'll be back. I think I, I really think that these guys want to be on the ice for Saturday against uh, Flurry. I mean, I, I don't think that they're going to rush anything, and I don't think like that's that's a they're making a big deal. But at the same token, it's it's such a big game, it's such a big return. It's it's obviously the biggest visit outside the playoffs, um, the biggest visit of of a team and a player coming back to play against the Golden Knights. So um, big week though, revenge week yesterday with Schmidt and Stastny. Um, I believe there's one guy on the Predators, and his name escapes me. Of course, Reeves and Gallant on Thursday with the Rangers, and then Mark Andre Fleury, not to mention Ryan Carpenter with the Blackhawks. Cofield and company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas.